0: Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Kimona. And this is Rebels Advocate, the podcast where we break down the shit show
1: that is the current social climate and reframe the radical. Let's get started. Hello, Kimona. Hello, Erin. How are we? We are sipping on some coffee. Good. Getting caffeinated. We love it. It may be 1 p.m. in the evening, but your girl like just woke up. What is with you
0: declaring <laughs> anything that's not early morning as evening?
1: This is a great <laughs> question. And <laughs> like I you don't have... know. <laughs> yeah, you, you're something, else. You're something I, else. I think I just have like no concept of time properly. Bad that too. Bad too.
0: You also have um, like
1: a late riser. But wouldn't that
0: make you more likely to say, like, now is morning because it is morning to you? In theory. (laughs) (laughs) If there was logic behind it.
1: (laughs) If there was any logic in any way that I process time, yes. Mm -hmm, (laughs) However, mm -hmm. here we are. (laughs) Funny. But yes,
0: it's another fall day. But the weather has been, like, summer. And, you know... The climate anxiety is just like peeking back up for me. Mm-hmm, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. my kids are going to be like, mom, it's December and 80 degrees in New York. And I'm going to be like, back
1: in my day, we had snow. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, so. Also, as a sweaty girl, <laughs> I hate it. it. I'm supposed to be thriving right now and I am not. I am not thriving. I do not like the heat. No, no. Heart I'd pass. like to tell the universe an open letter to the universe stop the end Sincerely.
0: Period. <laughs> Sincerely. but yeah I'm yeah, no, not a fan and it's going to be one of those years again where it goes like it's going to be like this and then next week it's going to be full winter yes which
1: is unfair I, I like don't fall. like it
0: I want fall
1: I miss my fall times a sad life but you know a great halloween for hoe outfits though (laughs) that's
0: true (laughs) that's true i do think of that because i remember some years it's like it can be like that's the marker i use of like Mm -hmm. oh i've had halloweens where i was like you had to wear a winter coat over your costume because it was so cold so wonky but i love halloween i'm sad that it'll be past that but it's still up until Thanksgiving in the US you still got like fall vibes yeah as long as people aren't making it the holidays which I like to push off the
1: holidays as late as physically possible mm. yeah I've nice time three weeks <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you or to the listeners I've been having stress dreams about Thanksgiving for months now about so, Thanksgiving about Thanksgiving
0: why Thanksgiving? There's no well, gift giving.
1: There's no gift giving, but I do a lot of the cooking and the organizing mm. for Thanksgiving. Um, and I keep having this recurring stress dream where I wake up on Thanksgiving morning, I have my list of recipes and what I'm making, and I open the fridge and it's empty. <gasps> and because it's Thanksgiving, the grocery stores close at like noon, right? There's nothing in there you could go exactly. in. Exactly. So in the dream I rush to the grocery store and I get there and it's like 12:02. And then I wake up. <laughs> There's no resolution.
0: Yeah, that is stressful. That is stressful. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't I think I'm leaning towards the just me and Sam Thanksgiving. We've had that before, but you know, Sam works for a retail company, so like it's not yeah. really realistic that he'll have any time off other than the day of. And then going all the way to see family for just to turn around after a meal Mm -hmm. with holiday traffic is just like, I don't know if it's worth it, especially when I see all the same people a month later. This is true for, and my brother is not going to be in town and no one actually really cares that much. It's not like people will be upset or offended and we have a small family, but so I might just be doing the full, I've done the full Thanksgiving before for us and I've done like guest like friend hosted off Mm -hmm. seasons before so i've done it all um but i enjoy it i enjoy it but it's gonna be a lot (laughs) i need to like i already have like a full list of things and i'm like this is just two people (laughs) but i'm not gonna not go fully out because of course i I like i like thanksgiving food yeah it's delicious it's a great food and fall and football and so that's probably our vibe
1: sports i'm so sorry my family watches sports <sighs> my family watches the parade i don't watch the parade <sighs> that's crazy football <laughs> mm. but yeah this is not what we were talking about no, no not at all but no smooth transition here <laughs> there's not there's not a good segue today however i will say that us being so chatty today i think does kind of tie into what we're talking about because we're talking about language. We're talking about linguistics a little bit. Although I'm not a <laughs> not that we are experts at all. Right. Not. Like I'm not I am not that. However, I I do be a black woman. Last time I checked um last time I checked, yeah. I think I'm still one. <laughs> uh but we're talking about AAV or African American vernacular English. Um and how a lot of people will be out here stealing, <laughs> stealing from us Black folk um, and saying it's queer slang or Gen Z slang or internet speak.
0: Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing is it It really was in like a world of um, social media, like the last two decades. There is this like distinction of people using and co-opting aAve on um, social media platforms, comment sections, that kind of thing. so it it makes sense why people think that it came from that because that's where they see it up front the most often. but it's being co-opted and literally stolen from a culture that has been around far, far, far longer. Um, and often it gets even worse when it is like people can acknowledge that like air quotes internet speak is being co-opted but they will identify it as queer culture like oh they got it from drag race oh they got it from white queer white gay men particularly Mm. Um, and I know we've talked a thousand times about like the real real root of like ballroom culture um, especially since like as new yorkers and having a greater understanding of like ballroom culture particularly in like harlem um identifying where that seeps in of like that queer culture intersection Mm -hmm. um but again who who were those people black trans women so snaps it's it's, it's a little history lesson you know
1: No, it's, and it's, it's an important thing to recognize. And that's like the part that's missing. Like people aren't like fully wrong when they identify it as queer slang, because a lot of it does come from queer spaces, but they're missing part of the picture Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not just generic queer spaces, because let's be real. When we think of generic and I'm doing like air quotes, generic queer spaces, the default in, in society is white queer spaces. Right.
0: I I would say even farther, I would, push it to white gay men Mm -hmm. which absolutely we're gonna go on like intersectional lenses here who has the most power in the queer community
1: it's the white gay men
0: cisgender yep men because we live in a patriarchy and whiteness above all so yes obviously there's a long history of oppression and hatred to white gay men, but we need to look at it from an intersectional lens.
1: So something I've been thinking about a lot, um, and like this is a tangent on queer culture particularly, but even when we look at like the classic queer spaces, I'm thinking Stonewall, right? The mm. Stonewall Inn. What does that space look like today? If you go to Stonewall on a night out and you look around There's a lot of cis white gay men. Um, I mean, if we think about that as a whole, like New York City
0: gay culture, queer culture, Mm -hmm. like I'm hesitant to say New York City because, like, obviously, Harlem and the upper part of New York City, then into the Bronx, is still New York City. But when people, like, conceptualize what is New York City, especially when they're not from here. Right. And there is that association of, like, oh, it's accepting here and there's lots of queer folks and blah, blah, Like, when you think of queer bars and places that are safe spaces or, like, known to have a larger, more vibrant queer community, especially for, like, outside tourism to come into, mm-hmm. Um we're looking at those areas the nyu area the village the um aspects of these literally where stonewall is on the west side of like white gays
1: it's so fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah and it's like to the point where there are you know so like in like we have to have like intentional spaces um for us black queer folk um or just like queer folk of color in general um and i and they do be in brooklyn all the time i have mixed feelings about brooklyn i'm not gonna shit on brooklyn on the pod however I'm just saying it's so far away from everything else. That's not one thing. Build, let's blame the MTA. <laughs> I need better transportation to Brooklyn and it'll be fine, but I digress. I mean, I'm,
0: ha- I'm happy to blame infrastructure and systematic issues on why this exists. But like, if we even think about it, like, not even that long ago, I was at an event, I was at a conference and, you know, it was people out of town looking for stuff to do in the city and specifically like because I am from New York some people younger queer folk were asking me like about queer bars and like safe places to go um and I like noted to the people uh people of color that there were not a lot of queer black spaces in Manhattan and I was like the things that you like do a quick Google search on and like those quick recommendations are going to be like, yeah, it's super queer friendly, but it, it it's a very different type. It's a very different energy, especially when you get a whole like side of just like, I'm a liberal NYU student and I'm going to go to a gay bar even though I'm not gay. Um, that too. So, I mean, what we talked about and I asked you specifically for recommendations if you had experienced like black queer spaces that you would recommend to them i think you had only said the places in brooklyn and a few more predominantly white queer bars that were at least safer
1: yeah and Talked. it's right and i think that this I, I feel like this conversation about our physical space so clearly reflects the language conversation right because like first of all the black queer spaces are more fun (laughs) I'm not gonna lie they are they're filled with a vibrance and an energy that I just cannot even describe but like the few times that I have been in like such intentional like queer BIPOC spaces like oh my goodness I have felt so wonderful I'm sure. And
0: And there's also that energy of things that we've talked about many, many times of just like independently black joy, Mm -hmm. queer joy, these elements of being oppressed groups of having intentionality and community and experiencing joy and to have such an intersectional niche space to be your whole authentic self in a world that doesn't allow us to be is so powerful
1: um so i think that would be why <laughs> you're so right it would be why and it's also like really interesting because i'm thinking about code switching now because you know we're talking about language it's funny that you said that because
0: it's before we started recording i was about to ask of like do we want to have this conversation go down that down that path of code switching too or are we just going to keep it isolated so i'm glad that you i'm glad that you brought it up
1: oh yeah my brain's bopping around with all of these things so of course we're going to talk about code switching too which is really interesting for me like from a personal standpoint because like growing up i went to a, a private christian school that was predominantly white like I'm talking, like, I was one of three Black students for the majority of, like, my high school experience. And before then, like, when it came to, like, my class, there were, I think I was one of two, if not the only one most of the time. So I I, I was not someone who was constantly surrounded by Black culture in in the same way as some of my peers have been. Um, and it's something that I, I've struggled with, honestly, especially when it comes to, like, code switching. And I feel like as I've grown older, as I, as I grow up, right, as I have more interaction with the world, I find myself code switching more into this AAVE. Um, and it's almost like for me, like I'm learning a new language, which is really interesting because I didn't, I didn't grow up with it in, in that way. I would find myself often, um, you know, I, I think around, I want to say early high school, Um, I started going to like a youth group, at a a black church, Um, not the Jamaican church that I was, that I grew up going to often, but like an American, African-American black church. And I distinctly remember when I started being in that space, one, I felt a little uncomfortable because I didn't know how to not be the token. Right, and it's still something that I don't know how to do. A lot of the times, I default to be to tokenizing myself, which I hate. And we're working through it, but it's I have to recognize that. But I also remember that multiple of like these other people, these other Black youth, would say to me, "Wow, like why do you sound white? <laughs> why do you talk like a white girl?" And I would say, I don't, I'm black. This is just how I speak. But I realize now that what they were saying and what we didn't have the language for is why can't you communicate in the same way that I do? Like, why do you not have access to AAVE? And like why, why is it that, you know, I like they would say something and I would understand. Like I wasn't so far out there, I couldn't get it, you know? But like my responses would never be in that code switching. And so I've noticed over the years that I've started to code switch a little bit more. Um, And it's interesting because code switching is usually talked about in the reverse, in the, you know, like, like people who usually are speaking in AAVE coming into like corporate spaces into prominently white spaces and switching to fit in. Whereas I have this really interesting, odd experience of being able to find my place in corporate spaces and and fit the mold that they want me to fit, right, in in these white spaces of the brilliant Black girl, the Black excellence that I can point to and say, oh, look at my cool Black friend who's so good and doesn't challenge me too much. And then I'm coming into spaces of color, Black spaces, and I'm code-switching to try and find my people.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean... Thank you for sharing that experience because it is so nuanced and I would, I would argue that there are people, it's not that odd. Like, yes, people talk about code switching colloquially much more in that direction of things, but I think there's a lot of people that can resonate with the fact that like growing up in PWI spaces, mm. people who are adopted in Transracial families would share that experience of kind of innately going into this like white society and that being your norm. Therefore, going into situations where visually you're in, like, as you said, like with your people, but you have a different lived experience. And I think that there's a lot of situational um pieces where people could resonate with that um so I I don't I don't think it's odd but I think it's important to identify that there is that code switching and this experience of AAVE separate from just what some general liberals might think Mm -hmm. like oh I know code switching I watched an episode of like the one episode that they added to a series (laughs) (laughs) you know talking about those kinds of things um so so thank you for putting that perspective there because that's a lot to have to like unpack for for yourself um so i'm sure that a lot of people can resonate with that from their perspective and at the very least too like it's important that our white listeners and people who have not thought about that before are hearing that from your perspective um so thanks for that
1: Yeah, of course. You know, it's on growth. We out here, (laughs) we're growing, we're unpacking, we're learning more about ourselves each and every day. And I think it's important um, to have those honest and vulnerable conversations too. And it's like literally one of the first things I thought of when thinking about AAVE. And I'm like, I recognize that it is its own language, right? It's Mm -hmm. got its own grammatical rules. Like people really want to be like, oh, it's just slang, babes there's a grammar it's more than slang please
0: that's super true and I think yeah I think in a world of the internet again coming back to that perspective and like for whatever reason people feel more comfortable with the fact of like if they're co-opting it from something that it's queer culture which is also like why are you comfortable doing that um but like just not thinking about it and pretending like it doesn't matter and it's just like oh it's what it's like to be young oh it's what it's like to be on the internet um but it has to be very intentional and it's again one of those things that like once you learn once you learned about it you can't plead ignorance anymore mm-hmm. and you can't. so like i think the most common ones that kind of come to mind because it's been so inundated into like pretty regular young people internet speak as they'd say like period sis period and i've and as someone who also has grown up and then gone to college and been in predominantly white areas my whole life also none of that's being challenged all of your peers are also speaking this these words that seems like again that it's based off of generation access to the internet whatever but once you learn, once you know, you have to make the active choice to not use that language. And I mean, for me personally, again, just to keep using those like same specific words because they're so common, like I totally get it. And it is like a full on learning experience because there's times that I'm watching TikToks, especially if it is like a queer person person. Um, using the language in their piece or something you like you want to like it's easy to want to comment and the automatic thought that you have is like period yes like preach like things that you're hearing and like are a good i don't even know if like the what the, what the right word would be but like mm-hmm. a filler for what you're trying to say right um, but it's not your community it's not you don't know the intricacies of what it really means you're taking something that is so much grander so much more involved and special and taking it to mean something and diluting it down to this very very tiny thing um So making that active choice of like, even if you're automatic, like you don't have to be like, oh my God, I thought period and I'm a bad person. It's not like it's a slur (laughs) or something. It's like, it's just like, no, I don't want to perpetuate that usage. I don't want to put out into the world more white people saying these things. And I also don't want my peers to think it's okay. You have to model for your peers, especially as even if they're people that you wouldn't consider like on your same level because you're a white liberal, like- White conservatives are going to see you as a peer, as a white person, and that you have this shared bond, and maybe automatically assume that you think the way they think. Mm. So it's important to model, as an ally and advocate, what is okay and what isn't, more than just calling people out when they do something that's not okay. You have to model what is right, and that is getting these kinds of things out of your language. And not saying it in common conversation with your close friends, with your family members, or your tokenized BIPOC friends. Like it's not, and you have to make it continued practice because just not saying it out in public or in a comment section isn't getting it back in, ingrained into your own mind and your own language like we want to kind of eradicate that for ourselves because it's not our space um so that's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot about AAVE especially again if it's if you're assuming that root of queer culture then it would be easy for me to be like but it's my people Mm. I can say it because I'm queer but that's not the root um so I think it's I think it's our job to like explore a little more and challenge and model for our communities what is um, as a white person, as a queer white person, what is and isn't okay, and what we should be doing a better job at.
1: And there's no longer a space to like plead ignorance. Yes, love that. And what that also made me think about is, I think it's important for people to question, like, if if this is sitting with you in, like, a weird way, right, why is that? Like, what about this language and these words makes you think you are entitled to use them in certain ways? Particularly when a lot of y'all be using them incorrectly. I, I cannot remember what the video was. This was years ago, I think, at this point. But I just remember on TikTok there was, like, you know, white... Women mostly, um, trying to like play along with like the quote unquote trendy language, and they would just be stringing words like aave slang together, and it didn't make any sense because you're not actually speaking the language; you don't understand.
0: Well, it's it's <laughs> like that whole ideology of white people trying to take bits of black culture mm. that they want for their own, but will and criticized when used by the communities who developed it so they're quick the white women are quick to say that you're unprofessional and you can't use those words in the workplace they're quick to say that you can't have certain hairstyles um in the workplace because it's unprofessional but want to get cornrows on vacation and call each other sis like it's just not the same and it's not, like, come on, take a microscope to your own life and, like, mm. why you're doing these things. Why is it okay that you want aspects of Black women but will condemn Black women for existing?
1: They want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues.
0: Oh, I haven't heard that
1: one. I like Ooh, it. Ooh, I've heard. This one of my favorite. Like, you want the aesthetic. You, you see Black women you know being radiant and wonderful which i get it i mean look at me (laughs) um i agree but like you don't want to pick up the struggle too you know of course not it's very interesting very interesting so interesting (laughs) really really just
0: really interesting Mm -hmm. and ooh, ooh, another side eye side eye very,
1: lots of side eye,
0: bombastic side eye.
1: <laughs> That's internet speak. <laughs> a criminal offensive side eye. <laughs> um, but another thing that that I want to touch on, um, is how there's also this like interesting use of AAVE when it comes to like comedy and jokes, right? Mm. And if the only time you're bringing up AAVE is to add to a joke babes that's that's just racism <laughs> that's is, that is racism boy like it the way excuse me the way people speak the way that this language has been built like it's not funny haha like i would like ma'am sir friend what are we doing yeah
0: (laughs) I think again that like also putting it in that lens of like it's comedic it's funny it's internet it's casual this is what you speak with your friends again kind of pushes it to even if it's not what they're saying it's the implication that therefore people who use AAVE therefore black folks are uneducated unprofessional Mm. you know those kinds of perpetuating these harmful stereotypes in ways that people aren't thinking about again they white people have this beautiful privilege of getting to be like but I, I it's just words that i'm saying how is that offensive how is that problematic how is that because you're perpetuating stereotypes that it's okay for you to do it but mm-hmm. it's not okay for people of color to live their own culture and their own lives because therefore that means they're less than.
1: Absolutely.
0: It's always it's cloaked in privilege of white people. It always white is. supremacy.
1: For mm. always. White supremacy culture is strong and it is connected to just about everything we talk about, if not literally everything. I'd argue literally everything. Yeah, I was just like, what what could I bring up that's not connected? I don't know. <laughs> I like literally like you literally can't. Veganism. White supremacy, climate
0: change, climate activism,
1: white supremacy. supremacy. I guess it's in. We can even go to
0: animal rights. Ooh,
1: I have so many thoughts and feelings on that one too. (laughs) PETA, come on now. Oh, tell me that that's not just
0: directly. (laughs) That's not just directly white supremacy. Yeah, there is, and I think that's just like the reality of culture. And there's so much of what's going on in the world, and especially since like. So much of news and these global crises and interpersonal conflicts and political issues are all just perpetuated on the internet. It's all derivative of this kind of language, like what we use to communicate and how we're talking to others in the last, at least the last 10 years, if not the last 20, is Mm -hmm. so focused on social media, texting, shorthand. Like people are not often having conversations like Mm one-on-one anymore or on the phone even. So people again use it as like a shortcut. It's something that came out of phone usage and social media usage and... TikTok as our information hubs. Um, but I'd argue that like 99% of white people, when you present that kind of information to them of like, hey, why would you say period on this? It's going to be that quick defense of I'm not racist. Mm. I do other things. I do the black square. I say Black Lives Matter and a cab. Like you can't be those things. And also be putting this message out whether or not it's conscious or not and i I mean i've been thinking about that a lot lately just like with everything going on in Mm -hmm. the world it's just like you can't you can't be black lives matter a cab all of these things if you're not free palestine like you can't be
1: one and be for liberation for one. So, All of our liberation is intertwined and interconnected, baby. It's just, it's just really interesting how people think that they can, you know. If
0: anyone grew up Catholic or has heard the language for like cafeteria Catholic, it's like this mm. idea that people like kind of leave the church but only attend for like. Easter at Christmas and they only like talk about parts of the Bible when it's convenient and the things that they want. So like, they're taking it like as if they're at a buffet, like picking out the parts of Catholicism that they like. Um, and I think it's like that for a lot of things, like picking and choosing what you think is morally right. What's what's right for you and claiming this overarching liberal personality radical personality of liberation and you know i'm an ally i'm an advocate i'm anti-racist but not supporting or even like completely contradicting
1: mm. other components
0: that's, that's what's like, been on my mind
1: <laughs> yeah that's like my biggest pet peeve is when people claim to have these ethics and don't follow it to its logical conclusion exactly pisses me like, off what is this derivative from? <laughs> What's,
0: what's your core? Tell me what your core value is. Exactly. Because if they did the work, if they trace the steps back of what their core values are, that either means one, their core value is not what they thought it was, far more problematic, or they have to acknowledge that that core value would therefore mean that they have to support or denounce other things god forbid people sit with (laughs) sit with the discomfort and it's just like knowing that this conversation for especially white gays and like many people in our lives who use aave casually and think it's not a big deal um or i would even argue just don't think of it Mm -hmm. they just don't think about it absolutely and i i know that there's plenty of people in our lives who would be very against or not get it or not support it of what we're saying of like you know you can't do that right like <laughs> and it's again that quickness to de- defense to be defensive and mm-hmm. but i do all these other things i support all these other things so as if it like cancels out somehow no go to your core value figure out what all of your beliefs stem from ours i think we've determined is like liberation for all peoples and that entails like sitting in the discomfort and like unlearning other aspects of like no i can't use aave no i can't other stuff i don't want to go too far into a million other conversations yeah but But. i think
1: I think what you're saying is so important, right? It's like even the things that seem quote-unquote small, like this AAVE conversation, matter in the overall work that we're doing for a better future, for a liberated future. Um, If you claim that you love and support the Black people in your life and Black people in general, you should not be doing anything, even the small things that Mm -hmm. causes harm. And if you find yourself doing that, you need to right that wrong immediately. Yeah, and it's more than just in the
0: public eye what you're doing mm-hmm. in public conversations, who you're interrupting, when you're saying, it matters what you're saying behind closed doors. It matters what you're saying online in texts in conversations with your friends. So, yeah. That's that's my high horse for the day. Um, but yeah, and I mean again, like it's it's a learning and growing conversation and, and I never want people to think like when we're talking on especially in white spaces of like Mm -hmm. oh erin erin thinks she's got it worked out she never i make mistakes plenty i'm very quick still to like have the thought of the aave words but i am actively working on the unlearning the undoing and not allowing myself to perpetuate things that do not align with my core values um So, no, I do not have it all figured out. No, I am not pretending or think in any way, shape, or form that I am, like, the ideal white ally advocate. (laughs) I am – but I am constantly working to be that best version of myself, that the most that I can be um, because – with whiteness comes inherent racism and aspects of our identities and the society we live in and the cultures we grew up in. Um, So if you're getting on your high
1: horse right now, listening to this episode, just like, you know, get off. (laughs) (laughs) Just get off. We all have work and learning to do. And I think that the most important thing is that you're open to that learning and unlearning process. Mm -hmm. And remember that a lot of the times it's uncomfortable but you have to work through that uncomfortability to get to the other side, to be a good ally.
0: Exactly. Find yourself getting defensive over something, feeling the need to explain why you do something. That's, that's your red flag. That's the Mm -hmm. flag that's saying, "Hmm, this is something I have to think about. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah. That's the convo. I mean, it can always be expanded on a thousand ways.
1: That's why there's a whole podcast, but thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah. So, TLDR action item is just be willing to learn and unlearn. Be willing to learn and unlearn. It's so important. Even the little things matter. Even the actions that you think don't have impact do. Take that with you, in your mm. your journey on allyship, your journey on liberation theory, whatever journey you're on currently. Remember reframing that the radical would be what I would go with. <laughs> reframing the radical, baby. One pod beow, beow, at a time.
0: Uh, well thanks for listening you know where to find us we're back every other tuesday with new episodes and you can now get merch to represent
1: the pod everywhere you go with frank with frank our lovely little mascot um and if if you are feeling extra generous and like you want to be in our little community you should go over to patreon and become a patron where you'll get access to uh lovely bonus content what like you're missing out on our beautiful faces um in addition to the newsletters that come out on the weeks where we don't post a pod
0: yep weekly content is always available if you're a patreon subscriber so yep, find us over on instagram did you say that yet (laughs)
1: nope i was gonna do that after your (laughs) you can find us on instagram at rebels advocate pod and on the general interwebs at rebels advocate pod dot wordpress.com there is also a link to our merch shop right in the menu so you don't have to go looking for that link as a reminder twitter is dead meh. (laughs) always dead
0: forever dead r.i.p um Except like not R.I.P. Rest just rest R. Just, Please <laughs> quiet <rest>. time now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's it from us, and we will see you soon in all the other places. Uh, thanks for being. Thanks for being with us. Bye. Bye.